0: Let's look here in in Daniel chapter 1, and let's just read the first eight verses. I'm sure these are verses that are familiar to you, but the word of God never gets old. Amen? And so let's read Daniel chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem, and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessel's, of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed, and of the princes, children of whom was no blemish, but well favoured, and skillful in all wisdom, and cunning in knowledge, and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, in whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat. And of the wine which he drank. So nourished them three years. That at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were children of Judah. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar. And to Hananiah of Shadrach. And of Mishael of Meshach. And to Azariah of Abednego, but Daniel purposed in his heart he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. I want to talk to you this morning and and point out some things from these scriptures about living life on purpose, living life on purpose. Uh, there's four main thoughts I, I want to give you uh, along that line. All right. Uh, first of all, we see a potential. Second, we'll see a problem. Third, a purpose. And last of all, the provision, the provision that was made. And when I, what we need to learn from this, and what I, I've learned from this, is that we must choose to live our lives on purpose for God. If we do not want to be fooled by the devil's lies. The devil has a plan for your life. We often talk about God's will for our life. I'm gonna talk about that a little bit this morning. But the devil has a plan too. And I'm sure many of you are here because you want to serve God. I would assume in a place like this, the majority of you are here because you believe you, God has shown you his will for your life or you're seeking God's will for your life. But beware the devil also has a plan for your life. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to use it for his purposes. And, and if we are gonna, you know, fulfill God's will for our life, we cannot just drift. We cannot just be aimless. You, you must have purpose. And that's, of course, what we find Daniel doing here. Uh, very clearly in, in the scripture, we see that. Uh, and and I, I want us to look at that, though, in, in detail this morning, all right? Let's have a word of prayer, and, and then we'll get right into our, our message. Lord, I thank you. Uh, again, for this opportunity. Lord, this is something I never dreamed I'd get to do, Lord. But I thank you that, Lord, you've given the opportunity for me to share the word of God, Lord, with this student body, and, Lord, to come back and to visit Ambassador. Lord, it is a blessing, Lord, uh, to see this place continuing, Lord, to go on, Lord, just just as it had, Lord, 20 years ago, or carrying on, Lord, uh, the, the foundation and the heritage, Lord, that we have. Uh, Lord, as Baptists and, Lord, uh, preaching the Word of God. And what I pray that you'd help me as I do that now here in just these next few moments. That, Lord, uh, Lord, I, I know there's nothing good in me. In my flesh, there is no good thing. But, Lord, I ask you to fill me with your Spirit. Lord, cleanse me of anything that would hinder you. And, that God, you would have liberty, Lord, and, and free reign, Lord, in this time. I pray that you'd have Lord, uh, free reign in the heart of each person here today. That God, uh, we would be attentive to what you have to say. We would, Lord, receive what you have for us, and Lord, we would respond accordingly. That God, your will would be done in each heart, each life. Lord, uh, as we leave this place, we will be different from how we've come in. Lord, uh, the one who is struggling, uh, Lord, they will be encouraged. Lord, the one that is or may be defeated, Lord, they would find victory. Lord, whatever the need is, you know that need, and God, we ask you to get glory and honor. Through all that is done, we will give you the glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Go back to the the first uh, few verses there. This uh, first thing we want to look at is the potential. All right? Uh, Notice who the king was looking for. Uh, He says, he was, uh, verse 3, The king spake unto Aspenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the uh, children of Israel and of the... King's seed and of the princes this man, the eunuch there, master of the eunuch Aspenaz, it's interesting, his name means I will make prominent the sprinkled, make prominent the sprinkled this man was assigned the responsibility of picking out the cream of the crop out of the slaves. I think it's you know interesting, and historians have have noted this. it is interesting that nebuchadnezzar was was kind to these individuals, uh, to to these, uh, you know, uh, to Daniel and his friends, to the the whole group here. Uh, Instead of assigning them to to slavery or or to to prison, he gave them scholarships. Uh, He he said, hey, you know, I've conquered your king. And it says they're of the the king's family. Uh, We don't know all of Daniel's, you know, lineage, if you will. But uh, he must have been in some relation to Zedekiah and some of the other last remaining kings uh, of Judah. And here, uh, rather than being just, uh, you know, executed, like we would expect a, a conquering king to do, uh, they were given a scholarship. He says, I'm going to provide you housing. I'm going to provide your food. Uh, wouldn't you love it if ambassador uh, provided your food? And, and, and I mean, you would have to pay for it, you know? And, uh, you know, uh, and, and provided your, your dormitory, and you would have to pay for it, you know? Uh, I'm not, you know, trying to hint at anything. But uh, that's exactly what Daniel got. Wow, he got a full scholarship to the University of Babylon, you know? Uh, and, and, you know, here he, he's the cream of the crop from Judah. You know, that right there just gives me, I'll make an application. The devil doesn't look for junk. You know, if 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 you're struggling here this morning and, and you're struggling with some sin, you're uh, maybe struggling with you know, some temptation, um, th- there's a reason for that. Because the devil knows you're here on purpose, hopefully, uh, I, I take for granted that most of you are not here just because your parents have sent you, or you, know, uh, you know, your mom had said, "Well, you, you need to go there," or else you know, threatened you. Uh, no, you're here because you want to be here. You, you've chosen to be here, and if if you've made that decision, uh, you, you've sought, you, you have chosen to seek out God's will here at Ambassador, and you know, uh, learn how to fulfill God's will for your life. The devil has you marked. The devil's seen that. And he, he is going to look and he says, hey, I want to stop them before they even get started. Beware. Nebuchadnezzar didn't ask Aspenaz to go out and, and find the, the lowly of Judah. They went and just executed them. No, he went for the best of the best. He was looking for the cream of the crop, so to speak. And I, I'm telling you, students, the devil is going to be watching He's watching for you. He wants to trip you up. He knows the potential in this room right here. It, it saddens me. You know, we have been back here um, on furlough for uh, almost a month now, about three weeks. And, and already I've learned of fellow ministers. In, in, we're in the ministry and they're no longer in the ministry. Men who have preached in this pulpit. And it breaks my heart. And it happens, you know, often, sadly. And but for the grace of God, there go I. But we all must be aware. And you need to be aware that, hey, the devil is out there. Again, he has a will for your life. He wants to deceive you and destroy you, destroy your testimony. If not destroy your life, he wants to destroy your effectiveness. And so be aware. The devil goes after the best. The devil doesn't shop for cheap things. The next thing we see here. <clears throat> look! Look at kind of what kind of uh, people he was looking for. All right, he, he, he lists this in detail. All right, he says, mm, verse four: children of whom was no blemish, but well favored. Uh, he, he said, uh, first of all, there in verse uh, three, they were uh, of the king's seed, of the princes. You know, they, they, these would be advantaged individuals. Okay, uh, that they, you know, they they didn't they didn't come from the the poor slums of Jerusalem. No, that they were used to having advantage, all right? Um, <clears throat> they were authentic. Uh, it, the phrase, they had no blemish, means they were uh, without moral or physical stain. Uh, these men were fit and men of faith. They knew what they believed and they carried it out. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, we, we would say 1 Timothy 4 8 uh, For body like us with little, but godliness is profitable unto all things having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. I I believe Daniel and his three friends lived out those verses. They knew that they need to keep themselves strong. They need to be healthy. Uh, We we see that even later on, that, you know, we're not going to eat the king's meat. And uh, it was with principle, but they also recognized the advantages to that, the health advantages to that, all right? But that they kept themselves well. You know, if we're going to serve God, we can't be just giving our bodies over to, you know, whatever we want to do. We need to take care of our bodies. We need to eat right. We need to sleep right. We need to, and I'm preaching to myself on that one, all right? Uh, My wife always says, I never sleep enough, you know? But uh, we need to sleep. We need to give ourselves enough adequate sleep. We need to eat right. Uh, We need to exercise right. All those things. Daniel and his three friends, they did that. They were fit. They were men of faith. There was no blemish in them. But notice also, they were well favored, all right? All right? Uh, verse 4, well favored, speaks of their appearance. You know, appearance does matter to the world. Isn't that interesting? How did Nebuchadnezzar, how did Aspenonez uh, go and, and pick out the ones that were the cream of the crop? How they looked. How they looked. The world says appearance doesn't matter anymore. You, just, you come to church as you are and you leave as you, you, know, as you came. Uh, appearance does matter. We need to look the part. If we're serving God, we need to look like a preacher. Amen. Uh, ladies, don't look like a preacher. Okay. But uh, you, you need to look like a lady who wants to serve the Lord. Amen. Uh, don't, don't be just giving yourself over to whatever the world says. Uh, standards matter. Amen. Uh, here, uh, the world was looking for the best. And when they went looking for the best. Appearance mattered. Wow. And the world, the world today tells you otherwise. That right, this right here, the word of God, that teaches us that that's a lie of the devil. When the world tells you that this you know, style doesn't matter or, or you know, um, uh, modesty doesn't matter anymore, clothes, you know, uh, standards don't matter, it did the Nebuchadnezzar, appearance doesn't matter. Notice uh, it says also they were skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge. Uh, the word cunning there, it means to prosper. It's interesting that uh, Hebrew word is the same one used in Joshua uh, 1, verses 7 and 8, where uh, it says that thou shalt have good success. If you attend to the, the words of this book, then thou shalt have good success. The only place we find the the, uh, the, word, the English word success in the King James Bible. They're in Joshua 1.8. Uh, that, that's the same uh, word used here, uh, translated cunning. Th- these were successful individuals. They were academic. Understanding science. They were smart. They were educated individuals. And they had ability to stand in the king's palace. Ability speaks of strength and power. Uh, in Leviticus 11 and verse 30, we won't turn there for time's sake, but uh, there that same word is, is a translated chameleon. And so they knew how, and it doesn't mean that they you know, always just changed what they believed. Now, they didn't change what they believed, but they knew how to act. They knew how to be and how to interact with the low and how to interact with those of nobility. And they knew how to carry themselves, That that you know, <clears throat> how they conducted themselves in, in, uh, among a crowd. Uh, it said something of who they were and who they represented. And, and so here, that's what Nebuchadnezzar was looking for. The last thing he was looking for in verse Number four, he says, In whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. So we find all these things about them, but the last thing is the one thing that Nebuchadnezzar would not find with these four individuals. He was looking for someone who would be adaptable. You know, I think it's interesting that Nebuchadnezzar had all these traits he was looking for. He said to Aspenaz, as you go find all of these. They're well-educated. They're, they're, you know, well-favored. They're attractive. They know how to conduct themselves uh, in, in with a crowd. Um, you know, that they've uh, had, uh, that they've, you know, had uh, their opportunity. They come from the, the nobilities of the Judeans. And uh, you, you look out for those, and then I want to change them. <laughs> That's exactly what he says, essentially. He says, and then I'm going to change them. That's yes, what the devil wants to do to you. You're here because you, I, I, I'm making a large assumption, but I'm, I'm assuming the majority of you are here today because you want to give your best to the Lord. And if you are, you're a marked individual. The devil knows that, and he wants to change that, he wants to destroy that. We, we, we have to beware. Okay, we have to be aware. you say, well, Brother Smith, I'm not from nobility. You know, you might be like me. I'm just from a, you know, I'm from a poor family. I I don't come from a high, you know, degree of education. I'm I'm the first person in my family to even come to Bible college or any kind of college for that matter. You know, Um, hey, if you've chosen to give your best, whatever God's given you, if you've chosen to give that to the Lord, then the devil is watching. He wants to make sure to destroy that before you even have opportunity to use it. We have to beware. We have to beware. Amen. There's great potential. But then we see a problem. All right. Uh, Look at verses five and six. It says, The king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hanani, Mishael, Azariah, so we find, first of all, <clears throat> there's an integrity crisis. Okay? They were asked to compromise their convictions. The fact, again, that the king had offered this meat to them, he had offered you know, provisions for them and uh, all of this, was wonderful except one thing, it went against their principles. It went against the, the, the commands that they were given. Now, it, would have been, it would have been easy for them to just say, you know, we're no longer, you know, home anymore. Uh, in fact, home is gone. Uh, their church, so to speak, the temple was destroyed. Uh, all of that's gone. And, you know, it doesn't matter. Mom and dad are probably dead. And, and you know, the, the, the dynasty's done. And, and we might as well just forget what God's ever promised uh, the nation of Israel. They could have said that. I'm sure in that moment, it, they probably felt like doing that. But they chose not to. They realized that this was against the, the commands that God had given them. This was against the principles they'd been taught all these years. And, and, you know, they weren't very young or they weren't very old. But since a child, they had been raised and under the word of God, they've been taught these things. And they knew that these things were wrong. That Nebuchadnezzar was offering them. Not only was there an integrity crisis, there was an identity crisis. Uh, look down in verse 7 here. We see their names, uh, their Hebrew names listed there in verse 6. Verse 7, uh, the prince then of the eunuchs gave them different names. He gave Daniel the name of Belteshazzar. Belteshazzar <clears throat> is the name of a... Uh, uh, Daniel, his name means God is my judge. Belteshazzar is a patron god of Babylon. Babylon rather than always remembering that God is my judge, that, hey, one day I'll be accountable to Jehovah God for the life I live and, and, and being aware of that every day and every night of his life. Now he's to be referenced as Belteshazzar in reference to God of Babylon. There's an identity crisis here. Similar thing with Hananiah. His name is changed. <clears throat> uh, Hananiah of Shadrach. Shadrach is a a reference to a sun god of Babylon. Again, referencing another one of the gods of Babylon. Meshach, uh, 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 I'm sorry, uh, Meshach was changed to Meshach. Meshach is a reference to uh, the goddess Venus. A reference to uh, sensuality. Can you, can you imagine as they would have named this young man after the, the uh, goddess of Venus and all the sensuality and the worship involved there, just uh, what kind of temptations and he would have, been put, would have been put before him? There's an identity crisis here. Hey, you're not supposed to worship like that anymore. Your temple's gone. Your God has been defeated. Our God, our gods, this is who we worship and this is how we worship. And if you want to even live, you better get with the program. Because your God is dead. Your temple's gone. Your kingdom is lost. You need to get with how we do things in Babylon now. Hey, we've given you a scholarship. Hey, we're providing your food. Hey, we're providing your housing. You need to just get with it. In Nebuchadnezzar, um, I've... uh, I preached to this um, a few months back, and I, I told our people there in, in Fongaray, I, I honestly think maybe Kinesa may have been bipolar. You know, uh, we, we see him being really nice here. Now, you, you go to the next chapter, and he's ready to you know, cut everybody's heads off. Um, you didn't want to cross this man on a bad day. Uh, and, and, and you see him doing that a few other times through the book of Daniel. Uh, he was very volatile. I, 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 I wouldn't have wanted to cross him and, and make him upset. And I'm sure those, you know, uh, underneath him would have thought that out too. And they probably warned these guys, saying, look, uh, <laughs> our king, he's being really nice to you. And that's really odd. And we don't know why he's doing that, but don't mess it up. <laughs> you want him to stay on your night side. You want to stay on his good side. You know, don't mess things up because we don't know why he's being nice to you. But you don't want to get on his bad side. And yet... They recognize this problem. They said, but that's wrong. There's an integrity problem here. There's an identity problem. That's not who we are. Hey, if you're a child of God, then you don't need You don't belong to the things of the world. Amen. You know, the devil wants you to forget who you are. He he wants you to just move on. He wants you to forget what God has done for you. You know, if you're saved here this morning, I, I, I wrote several things down, I won't list them all here this morning. But you are a joint heir with Christ. Amen. Romans 8, 16, and 17. The Spirit bears with us with our spirit, that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, joint heirs with Christ. We are forgiven, Colossians 1, 13 and 14, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, hath translated into us into his kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption, even the forgiveness of of sins. We've been justified. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We're a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5:17. Amen. If he man be in Christ, he's a new creature. You don't identify with those things of the world anymore. You don't identify with that old life, those old friends. Maybe you're here today and you've not been saved that long. And, hey, you're having a hard time struggling. That old world is still identify, trying to identify with you. You just let them know, hey, I'm a new creature. I'm, I'm, I'm changed. Amen. We have been adopted. Amen. We are overcoming the world, John 16, We have overcome the wicked one, 1 John 2, verse 14. And on and on the list can go. Hey, we've been seated in heavenly places, Ephesians 2. In verses 5 through 7. He hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Our salvation is as good as if we were already there. That's who you are. Don't live second rate, don't accept second best. You say, well, pastor, does that mean that uh, if, uh, you know, I, I don't do, you know, if I'm not in ministry, that, that, that's second best? No, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you don't live for God, that's second rate. The, the best place, the most exciting thing I've ever done in my life is to live out the will of God for my life. Whether it was working, whether it was being here at Ambassador, whether it was being at Kappa Bible College where I finished my studies, if it was working for working for my family, a full time job uh, where God had placed me in a, in a you know a, a period of time, if it was being on deputation going church to church raising support, if it was preaching for my church in Gray, New Zealand, the best place, the most exciting thing I've ever done is trusting God, fulfilling the will of God for my life. That is the priority. That needs to be the first thing you seek out. Everything else is second rate. No matter what God's will is. Amen. Don't forget what God has called you to. Don't forget who you are in Christ. Amen. And then I want us to focus now on verse eight. All right. And again, this is a familiar verse probably to many of you. All right. You've probably heard it many times. I'm not not preaching anything new under the sun this morning. Amen. Amen. But I want to remind you, here it says, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. The word purpose there, it means to charge or commit, consider, uh, commit to determine. You know, no one does the will of God or the work of God without thought. Now, if you're here today, and maybe maybe there are a few, I don't know. Okay, I, I've never met really, I don't think I've met any of you students all right before. Maybe you're here because your pastor said you better go. Maybe your parents sent you here and you're, you're here You know, just fulfilling their, their desires, whatever. I hope that's not the case. I hope every one of you is here because you chose to be here. You want to be here. That took purpose. That was your decision. Don't back out on it. I, I, again, I don't have time to go through everything that we have faced in getting to New Zealand. But just, to, just to, to summarize it, all right? I was saved when I was eight years old. And a few years later, in our church there up in, up in King, near Winston-Salem, we had a missions conference and a, a missionary, a veteran missionary preached from Romans 12. And he you know, gave the challenge about surrendering your life, giving everything to the Lord. I'd never heard that at that that point, but boy, God just, I sat right down in the front row and God tore me up and said, you need to do that, you need to give me your life. I went forward at that altar call that night. Before the the message had been preached then, there was a missionary who had presented his burden to go to New Zealand and they were on deputation, raising funds. And um, as I come to the altar that night as a 10-year-old boy, I told the Lord I'll do anything, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, I'll do whatever. But what he put in my heart was New Zealand. And from that day till now, it's never left. Now, I know that's not everyone's testimony, and and people, people, you know, say, wow, that's amazing. You knew from 10 years of age. um, Yeah. How does God do that? I don't know. Okay, I don't don't know. But I will tell you this. I think, you know, going to New Zealand as a missionary is what got me through high school, (laughs) So it's what got me through math class. It's what got me through science class. Um, it's what got me through uh, Greek class. It's what got me through some of these other classes, <laughs> through logic and, you know, all these classes, all right? Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm telling you, um, I'm the one that didn't think I was gonna make it, okay? yeah, I, I'm the one that, you know, withdrew Greek twice before I sunk and wondered if I'd ever make it because I just couldn't get Greek. I'm the one that got the lowest grade in preacher boys class and Dr. Comfort announced it from the chapel. (laughs) He may not remember that. (laughs) I do. (laughs) I forgot to study, okay? I did pass, but I had the lowest grade, all right? But I knew no matter how many times I failed, no matter, as long as I kept trusting the Lord, he was gonna get me through because I had purpose. I could make it. He would hath begun a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You've got to have purpose. You must have purpose. Here, Daniel had purpose. He would not defile himself. He would not give in to the king's wishes. He would live out the principles that had been ingrained in him from a child. Yeah, you know, another way of looking at this, to, to not defile, that, that word, there, that phrase, to not defile, it... it close resembles what we see in the New Testament as redeeming the time, to buy back the opportunities. Daniel didn't look at this, and it'd been so easy for him to to look at at the circumstances. You know, his parents are gone, the temple's gone, uh, the dynasty, the kingdom is gone. All everything he's ever known is is lost. Well, I might as well just go ahead and and you know. Kind of evolve into the situation and just go along with the flow. Uh, this is how they do things in Babylon. Uh, when is in Rome, do as the Romans. And, and so I'm just going to be like they are and and you know kind of go undercover, so to speak. He didn't he didn't look at it that way. He said, no. There are some things that we cannot change. That there are some principles about uh, you know what we're supposed to do that apply whether we're in Jerusalem or Babylon there are some things that we need to do, we need to fulfill, that we need to, how we need to live, that we cannot give up. And and even though circumstances have changed, location have changed, all these things have changed about us, we cannot change these things. And I'm gonna take the opportunity to be a witness. He saw it as an opportunity. Wow. In, In the midst of all this struggle and all this turmoil in his life, he saw an opportunity. He, he saw the opportunity to be a witness. How many times do we look at trials as an opportunity to be a witness? <laughs> Oftentimes we look at it as a trial and we, we think, well, what did I do wrong this time, Lord? <laughs> How am I going to, Lord, this, this must be it. Yeah, we're, we're thinking, okay, so I guess God's changed his mind. No, God did not changed his mind. God had not changed a plan for Daniel. Maybe this was something that God was going to use that Daniel had not planned. But I'll tell you right now, God put a lot of things in my path that I didn't plan. And I don't know if Dr. Convert remembers this, but uh, shortly after I got married, I believe, I believe it was, no, I wasn't even married yet. Uh, must have been just before I got married. I, I, I come to his office one day and uh, I think we'd had a challenge in uh, one of the classes about, you know, planning out goals, setting goals and such is a, a, is a great thing. And so I had written out my 40-year plan, <laughs> and, and I had this plan laid out. I was going to go to New Zealand, and I knew when we were going to do deputation. Uh, we were going to get to the field a certain you know, year. Uh, we were going to plant a church, and then we were going to you know, have a furlough, and then we are going to go back and, and start another church. And after two or three terms, we started start an institute. And, you know, we were going to do all these different things. And, um, you know, a 40-year plan. After 40 years in New Zealand, I was going to come back and, and teach here or teach somewhere. You know, I retire as a teacher, you know. And, uh, and I, I showed up Dr. Comfort. I don't know if you remember this or not. And uh, I said, Dr. Comfort, I, I've got my goals laid out here. He said, you know, David, that's wonderful. Uh, that, that, that's great. But just remember, God may change some of these things. <laughs> you, know, you know something I'd forgotten? Getting a wife. Whoops. <laughs> that changed things for the better. Amen. I also forgot about having children. Oh, yeah. That changed things for the better. Yeah, I didn't plan all that. There were some other things along that, you know, 20 years, the past 20 years, I didn't plan. But you know what? It's all been for good. Even the things that were hard. It's been for my good in his glory as long as I continue to live life with purpose and trust God, God will finish the work he started. Hey, the devil's got you, got you marked, young people. He wants to stop you before you even start. Just determine right now you're going to live life on purpose. When the trials come, you say, I'm, I'm going to pass the test. I'm going to take it, the opportunity to let God teach me something. I'm gonna let God teach me to have more faith and greater faith to trust him to do the impossible in my life. I, I'm gonna let him teach me what I, I've gotta learn. I'm gonna let him make me a better person, a better servant of God. I'm gonna live life on purpose. I'm not just gonna drift through the trials. I'm not just gonna let you know things come and well, whatever will be, will be. No, I'm gonna trust God no matter what and let him do his work in me. You know, it's interesting you look at the uh, the end of the chapter, and just uh, in, in closing, look down uh, verse seventeen. We we know the story, all right. Daniel takes a stand. They give him a a time of testing to have what you know they want to eat, what what they is, what is honoring to them, and, and when it, the end of it, God honors them. They're more more fit, uh, that they have better understanding, all those things. And, and the king grants them you know, uh, the, the, um, the requests that they desired to be able to honor their God, to honor Jehovah God, and, and not to you know, uh, you know, eat the, the, his meat and, and, and his portions and his wine, all that thing. And, and look how God worked. Verse 17, "'As for these four children, God gave them knowledge "'and skill and all learning and wisdom, "'and Daniel had understanding and all visions and dreams.'" At the end of the days that the king had said that he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them, and among them all was found none, like Daniel, Hanani, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. Wow. When you put God first, he'll honor you. You don't have to give in to the world's methods. You don't have to give in to the world's standards. God will honor. God will honor you when you honor him. Everything that the king was, was attempting to, to make them into being, to, to, to be like his men, they end up being 10 times better. I'm telling you, when you live life on purpose, Life is ten times better. I've seen God do incredible things. I wish I, I, I wish I had another hour. All right, you probably wish I do. I, you probably wish I would. All right, but I'm not going to take it. Okay. But God's done incredible things for us to get us where we are, and it's just, it's just only God, only God could have done it. I, I told the Lord when we got residency, we applied for residency back in 2019. Uh, and I said, Lord, when you give us residency, not if, but when, when you give us residency, I'll write a book. Because there's just too many, there's too many little miracles along the way that uh, it's just, it's just amazing. And I'm in the process of writing that book. Now, I don't say that, you know, like it's going to be a bestseller or anything, okay? But uh, one day, maybe you can read the book and get all the details. But it's, it's amazing what God does when you choose to trust him. You live life on purpose. Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity just to share these thoughts from your word and Lord to, Lord, to challenge these young people. Lord, it's not just young people. Lord, we all Lord, grow weary at times and Lord, sometimes go astray. Lord, I've seen individuals who I've been friends in ministry for years and Lord, they have strayed and it breaks my heart. Help us, Lord, never to lose our focus. That, Lord, we would live life on purpose. Lord, to live life according to your word. And that, Lord, we would never go astray. That, Lord, we would fulfill what you've given us to do. Lord, we would live a life honoring to you, that you would get honor and glory through all that is said and done in our lives. And, Lord, we would reach others for your honor and glory. May you be honored in this time, Lord, decisions that would be made. In Jesus' name, amen.